Thanks for tuning in to the Wang Bang Podcast for another Warrior Wang Bang episode. This is your host, Emil Wang, and I'm joined on the phone, as usual, by my very good friend, the Gino James Liao. How's it going, man? What's good? What's good, man? Well, it's snowing like a motherfucker here in Seattle. Uh, I basically missed work on Friday, and it seems like uh, Monday and Tuesday are out of the question as well. So... Did they already give you the days off or what for Monday uh, and Tuesday? No, we're working professionals, so we try to plan our work around that. But you know, some of the entitled kids think that it it's fair ground to build company time for days that they're sitting on their ass. Did you sound like you're like seventy? <laughs> so just stop. <laughs> hey, I, I don't believe in this employee per- empowerment shit. Okay, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just like I don't believe in the player empowerment. <laughs> yeah, total bullshit. Uh, speaking of player empowerment, uh, the NBA trade deadline just passed on this past Tuesday. So this episode will actually focus mostly on the player movement leading up to that, as well as some observations from the Warriors these past few weeks, as well as potential buyout market candidates. So, James, let's start with the biggest trade that happened right before the deadline. My Washington Wizards traded Otto Porter Jr. for uh, I, I don't know who, and I, I forget to who. Can you complete that sentence without, without laughing? Let's just, so hey. Otto Porter Jr. Yes. Jabari Bobby Portis in a 2023 second round pick. That's right. There you go. Um, and I don't know why we just wasted one minute of airtime on that. So let's move on. <laughs> Well, that is that was the biggest trade for sure. Oh, I mean, definitely. Of, definitely. You know, the, hey, just the a, fact that they were able to get off the contract, I think, was a crazy thing in itself. And, and you know, that was kind of a theme of this deadline. And uh, and I, I guess we should stay on this topic because some teams were able to unload some pretty bad contracts. Uh, Houston was another example of that, right? They were able to somehow get rid of Marquise Chris and um, uh, Brandon Knight and, and get back yeah. him on Schumpert. I mean, I, who who would want to do that? Well, that would be for a lottery-protected first, right? And then um, basically that's all you're getting for, um, you know, if you're Sacramento, right? Because right. it's like... Wow, well, that was a three-way you, trade from what yeah, I remember. three-way trade with Cleveland. Yeah. Right, but, right. Um, a shump is going to expire anyways. And then who's mm-hmm. Nick Stauskas had one good game all year? Wade Baldwin, the fourth. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Wait, um, Nick, Nick Stauskas has had one good game all year. I think yeah, one I think good game like his whole career. Yeah, maybe his whole career, yeah. <laughs> Nick Stauskas, isn't that the guy that Vivek, the King's owner, was sitting in the war room and is like, we, we want Nick Stauskas. Yes. Exactly. The famous yeah. clip where we're like, what the fuck is that guy even doing there? Like, why is that yeah. guy making decisions in the war room? It didn't make... But anyway. Um... Yeah, it was. That was like, that's our guy at number seven, Nick Stauskas. And you're like, what? <laughs> like... <laughs> well, that, that was uh, the pre the functional Kings, but we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. But yeah, the, you know, a lot of teams have, have been able to unload some very unsightly contracts for, for some pretty good future first round and second round picks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to, like the the main one, like, was the Brandon Knight one. Like, I just, yeah. the, uh, the guy is a corpse. Like, yeah. I don't even know how you could, like, you got to give Maury some credit because he was able to move guys pretty easily. Like, you know, they dumped Ennis and got, you know, a couple of things. And then they got, you know, they dumped Chris and Knight. Both of them are just useless. They're just not going to be rotation players. So how did uh, Cleveland benefit from this? I, I still don't understand. So Cleveland got the the protected first from Houston, and they get Knight and Chris. Okay. So so they're just taking on money to gotcha. get a first-round pick. Gotcha. Right? And then Sacramento got Alex Burks and a second-round pick. Okay. So again, they dumped Shumpert, who was going to expire anyways. Um yeah. For Alec Burks, who they can take a flyer on, he you know maybe a tenth man or whatever, uh, and then a second round pick. So okay, all right, makes so, sense for all teams. Yeah, yeah, and Houston, and maybe we could just start with them. They got rid of James Ennis for I believe uh, cash considerations and a second round pick, um, and yeah, basically pick swapping. 
Right, right. And basically upgraded uh, at that position to Amon Shumpert, which honestly doesn't really move the needle that much for them. I, I know Amon Shumpert was having a pretty good year. Um, he's shooting 36% on threes, which isn't super bad uh, considering that he was playing for a Kings team that, you know, it, it in my mind is almost like a kind of a poor man's, uh, poor man's Rockets team. Uh, explosive guards and De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. Um, you know, surrounded by a bunch of uh, people who can space the floor. So I, I think it is it is a good pickup for the Rockets, but not necessarily one that moves the needle enough for them that they regain their form that they had last year. Yeah, and I don't think that was the game plan. Like, I think this. what's crazy is that Mori was able to get under the tax and also um, soap have replacement-level guys. You know, Ennis wasn't doing much for them. Uh, and then if you dump two corpses... Um, and then, you know, you get uh, a couple of guys. It's not like the, you know, just for a couple of picks, I mean, you know, and then they have spots for buyout guys, you know, so that's really the critical piece is like, how do you turn those guys who are not non-contributors into people like who can come in and play a little bit? Yeah. And it's crazy because beyond their starting five and we're talking at their healthy starting five of Paul, uh, PJ Tucker, Harden, of course, Capella, um, God, who who else starts for them? Like, because that one's always changed too. Right? Well, Capella's out right now. So yeah, it's yeah. Fareed that started. Yeah, Fareed. But I mean, who else starts for them now? I, I can't even because they had Daniel House for a while, but he he exceeded his uh, two way contract time. Uh, time. Yeah. yeah, so I don't even know who would start for them uh, on on a healthy roster. I I assume it would be Shumpert because you know he he's the three the the three and D. Uh, a wing that they're looking for and they can keep Eric Gordon coming off the bench. But re- regardless, you know, the, the team of PJ Tucker, uh, Paul Harden, Schumpert, Capella and Gordon off the bench, uh, Austin rivers, surprisingly, I, I, this is another hard one to say with the straight face, but he's actually been pretty good for them. And he had they, a good start, but he's kind of tailed off a little bit. So yeah, you would expect from Austin Rivers. Yeah, but, son of um, Doc. But yeah, I mean, starters would be Paul Harden, PJ Tucker, uh, and then Capella when he's back. Those four, and then yeah, I mean, I don't see who. I mean, you could start EG. I think that's who, who they're starting now. Um, and then you just play Harden at the three. It doesn't really matter. They switch everything anyways. So. Um, but yeah, I mean that's what I would guess. I mean, if if they ha- if they have Shumper, they might start Shumper and keep E.G. Rivers and Fareed off the bench once um, Capella's back, and then Joe Green gets minutes too. Yeah, so, yeah, and then also Nene, who isn't Nene does not play in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, probably not. And, and just as you're listing off that roster. Um, and all things considered, you know, CP3's injury history, as well as Capella, who's going to be coming back from a pretty extensive injury. That that team is nowhere close to as scary as they were last year. Um, and they're also a team that folded 26 points in the second half yeah. <laughs> yesterday. So, And thanks to them, made us uh, $200 richer. So, whoop, whoop. Yeah, hey, hey. hey. Um, so moving on from the Rockets, uh, another interesting team would be the L.A. Lakers. Uh, I'm sure even the casual listener to this podcast or the uh, or even the casual NBA fan would know that the name Anthony Davis was, uh, was a big target for the Los Angeles Lakers because of uh, the noise that he made in New Orleans. Him and it, or I, I guess it wasn't him, but his his agency made it known public publicly that Anthony Davis wanted to be traded, would not resign with the New Orleans Pelicans, and his only destinations that he would be okay with were essentially the New York Knicks and L.A. Lakers. So after Porz, after the Porzingis trade, uh, the New York Knicks were basically out of the question. So it really did just come down to the LA Lakers, which were willing to sell the farm basically for, for Anthony Davis. I think it was the, the right move by the Pelicans. You know, there's no reason to rush into the trade unless you're going to overpay and the Lakers weren't willing to overpay on top of the final offer that was reported. So the deal doesn't get done. Like, you know, it's pretty obvious. Like what, what benefit do the Pelicans have for doing it? 
right well, so, the deadline. Right. And the thought was, or, or the the perspective is that once, because the, they didn't do this deal at the deadline, the Boston Celtics kind of opened themselves up to be a part of these trade discussions as well, right? Because they weren't able to trade for Anthony Davis because of this, um, I don't want to call it the the player max rule or the Derrick rule, the Derrick Rose rule. Derrick Rose rule, designated yeah. player. Right, right. You can't have more than two. You can't have more than one designated player on your roster via uh, via trade. I think via, is what the rule is. Right. You can have one signed and one traded, but both of them were traded in. So I think that I forgot where, where that was in the CBA, but I think like you know Brian Windhorst or somebody saw it and then it's just like oh yeah, this is like this weird rule that prevents it from happening. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so the fact that AD wasn't able to be traded uh, at the deadline means that the Celtics are kind of in on those discussions once the summer rolls around. Which, you know, you and I have talked about this, and you think that the Celtics have a better trade package than what the LA Lakers were able to offer. Let, let's start with what the final offer was for the LA Lakers, and if we think that's going to change a lot. I mean, to my understanding, it's what it was the three young guys uh lonzo ball brandon ingram kyle kuzma um they threw in uh zubach in there uh, at some point i think jason hart was also in there Josh hart. Jo- i'm sorry who, who the fuck was jason hart i don't know dude i think he's a former nba player too but josh hart uh as well as what four future first round picks i mean it well was... that was the that was the offer that the pelicans basically said that would entice them to consider making the trade. And that was where they draw the line. The last reported one was two first-round draft picks, unprotected from the Lakers, which would mean this year's and 2021. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, they were basically telling the, you know, the media that, like, hey, look, if you want to get this done, like, we're going to need four first-rounders and, like, two seconds yeah. on top of all that. And they were just like, no way is that going to happen. Like, yeah. Because that means those first-round picks are going to be like six years down the line because you can't trade consecutive first-round picks. So that means it's going to be like six years down the line, six to eight years down the line. LeBron's going to be retired by then. Like the Lakers are going to be trash, garbage most likely, you know, especially if they don't like Anthony Davis. It's very hard. It could end up like that whole Nets thing. So, you know, with the with the Celtics and the KG trade. So, right, they, yeah, where a team yeah, just so basically like, ends up in purgatory yeah. uh, for like eight years because they try to go all in for one or two seasons. Yeah. And then you throw away these picks that are unprotected, uh, and then it ends up being lottery picks for like the other team. And it's like they end up getting some good players, and they have a good team, and then they get lottery picks on top of that. And you're just yeah. like, holy crap. Like, yeah. they don't want to, nobody wants to ever do that anymore. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy to think that that you know the the one year rental on or maybe one and a half year rental on KG Pierce and I think Jason Terry was part of that trade um, turned out to be you know like God who like uh, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, like, yeah, and then so many, and so there might awesome. even still be another pick out there. I think there might be one more year of Nets picks that. Um, no, this is the first year they're gonna have their pick. So oh, really? No. Year. Yeah, yeah. Just, just as they're just as they're getting good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Exactly. Look how screwy that is. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm you and I are kind of on on different ends of this. If I were the Pelicans, I would have taken even if it was just the two draft picks because you end up with five players that are all, you know, potentially potential starting talents on a on a good. Lakers team. Like, I disagree because every time they don't have LeBron on the team, that team is a mess. Yeah. Like, they're, the only reason why, when LeBron was out, they, they were like 6 and like 10 or whatever. Right. Like, it's just not a good team. Like, none of these guys really know how to win yet. And it's just like, you know, you're going to be ready to. Ingram is in his third year, which means he's going to be a restricted free agent next summer, you know. And then, you know, Kuzma and Ball are less liabilities because they're still under two more years on their rookie scale. But Ingram has only one. Uh, and then, so, are you ready to pay Brandon Ingram, especially next year, if he doesn't improve? If he still kind of stays the same like he did the last couple of years? Like, are you ready to pay him? Yeah, I think them playing alongside LeBron probably stunted their their development a little bit. Um, 
And you're right that that they haven't demonstrated that they are winners. But then again, you know, last year they they what won thirty. 30-something games, I think like 33, 34 games, in a very difficult Western Conference. All, all players need time to grow. I, I think, you know, the Warriors are also a good example of that, right? I mean, Steph and Clay took, you know, Steph took like four years to really step into his element, you know. And, and I, I think the ceiling's still pretty high for all those players, with the exception of Kyle Kuzma. I, I actually don't think Kuzma's ceiling is that high. I think yeah, he's basically I mean, I reached it. He's probably got there. Uh, I mean, Lonzo, you know, if he doesn't, if he can improve his shooting, his ceiling will be much higher. Right. Um, but Kuz is just, I mean, he has shown zero progress other than, oh, I know how to score a little better. Um, yeah. But Maybe. anything else outside of that is just, has been non existent. Yeah. Atrocious defense. And yeah, I remember they tried yeah. to run him at the small ball center, which yeah, ended up <laughs> was a disaster. Exactly. And... They abandoned that, like, after like 10 games because it was just like, yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah. Like, and they, and they also Tyson conveniently Chandler, got Tyson Chandler, yeah, which, uh, yeah. you know, LeBron was able to swindle his good buddy James Jones into just waving a dude for no reason. Well, that, which... he basically told James Jones, I'm taking one of those rings away from you if you don't, uh, <laughs> if you don't give me a – what was he supposed to be? He had no choice. He didn't want to lose one of his rings. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and if that's not tampering, I don't know what is, right? I, I think this whole... Straight up, dude. <laughs> it's like, what, like, where did the Phoenix Suns benefit from waving Tyson Chandler at that at that juncture? Yeah, it I just... didn't understand at the deadline. You're yeah. Like, like, literally eight games into the season. You're like, come on. Like, yeah. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> <laughs> just didn't make any sense. Well, on the flip side, you know, you're a strong believer that the Celtics have a very good package centered around Jason, uh, Jason Tatum. That can be traded this summer. So, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think they have um, the assets are a little bit better because they have more flexible draft picks. That's the main thing because they, you know, they can if they ever want to. Rather than the Lakers giving four first round picks and then have have that screw them for six to eight years or whatever, yeah. Celtics have a number of first round picks ready to go that are not their own, uh, mm-hmm. but. They're other people's, and that's critical because that means that they have more flexibility. So they, they're not going to lose their own draft picks later on. You know, right. So you'd be more willing to – they have the Kings pick, the Clippers pick, and their own pick mm-hmm. this coming year. So you could trade all three along with Brown, Tatum, and like Marcus Smart. Right. Right. And don't I mean, they have like Memphises, or or is it the Sixers that have Memphises pick? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. But yeah, it's yeah. one of it's like they have like three picks. Yeah. So you know, even the ability to like do those things is like huge. You know, what else is the Lakers going to offer? Like, don't you like Tatum, Brown, and Smart as a as a core as opposed to Kuzma, Paul, and Ingram? Like, I would take those three over Kuzma, Paul, and Ingram. Uh, yeah, I mean Tatum. I like Marcus. I... I, I like Marcus Smart too, but isn't he a couple years in already? I mean, isn't he? He's a bit older, right? Yeah, he's, he's like a, twenty because he's already. This is the first year of his um, extension. Right? Yeah, rookie extension. So it'll be. I think he's like twenty-four or something. So. Yeah, yeah, just slightly older. I mean, you know, he, he's, Not he's a huge deal though. He's still really young. Yeah, he plays hard, but I, I think even. Big, one other thing, Kuzma is also 23. He played. Oh, yeah, years. yeah, yeah. He's an old rookie. Yeah. Or he was so, an old rookie. He was yeah. an old rookie. So he's 23. Next mm-hmm. season, he'll be 24. So it's yeah. like, he's About exactly, the same. Yeah, he's not exactly super young dude either. Yeah. You know? so, I, I feel like Marcus Smart probably just has a lot more NBA miles on. You know, it's not so much the age, right? It's more, yeah. I, I think it's more the NBA miles with that kind of take a toll on the guy. But I, I, I think Jalen Brown. I think it is another one of those guys where, you know, he's what in his sec- uh, third year, in his third year now. So he's yeah. a guy that they're going to have to extend, what, not next year, but the year after, I imagine. So kind of he's in the same boat as Brandon Ingram where you're not really sure how good he's going to be. He has flashes, but was Jalen Brown really that good his rookie year? I, I didn't think so. He he definitely didn't start for them. Um, yeah. And, and, the, and now he the, still doesn't start. I, I think I feel like him and J, uh, Jason Tatum are basically. How often do they really share the court together? Not that much, right? I mean, Jalen Brown is maybe a small ball four. Yeah, he can mostly three, but you can move him to a small ball four. 
Yeah. yeah. And Jason Tatum is, is basically a three, right? I, you can't, you can't really play him at the two. No, no, that's the thing. But like Brown is, has the most, well, I think I shouldn't say most. I think Lonzo can be, a, uh, is already a good defender and mm-hmm. um, will, will project to continue to be a good defender. But Brown also has good defensive upside. Right. Uh, which you cannot say for Kuzma. Ingram's a good defender. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, Tatum also projects to be a good defender. Not like a great one, but a good one, you know. And then Brown also has that upside. And Marcus Smart is a great defender. Like, like I think the two-way play capabilities of those guys would is a lot more uh, enticing to me. Um, and again, there are more of those interchangeable pieces. Like, even Marcus Smart, he plays a little bigger than... He can guard threes. Yeah. He can guard one to three. Brown can guard two to four, and Tatum can guard three and fours. Like, they're very flexible defensively, and I think that's where I think a lot of the value is. And I think the, you know, offensive upside, you know, Tatum obviously has the highest, but, you know, I I still like Ingram. I think he's going to be a good player. I just don't know how he's going to project overall, like, if he's going to be a better overall prospect compared to Tatum, because I don't think so. I think Tatum's a better prospect. So, he's also a year younger. Not a huge difference, but. Yeah. And one other thing that I didn't think about is the other picks that the Celtics can offer are a lot earlier, right? They're within the next two years. So, you know, the, the Pelicans can kind of reload a lot quicker. Um, and they don't, they can get these new draft picks before uh, the, these Celtics players need to sign their, their longer extensions. So uh, it's not, it's not quite like the Lakers deal where they would, have to kind of see how the players play out and then decide if they want to give them extensions with like without the benefit of seeing what draft picks they can bring in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like the the draft picks that they have is um they have their own and then they have the uh six uh, excuse me the Kings pick. Um so that's either Philly or Sacramento uh depending on which one is is better? But the Philly one's top one protected, so unless they get the number one pick, it's not going to happen. So it's basically going to be the Kings pick. So, um, so Kings pick, and then you have which is going to be probably like late lottery or just outside the lottery, and then they have the Clippers pick uh, potentially one to fourteen protected. So again, these are all interesting things because that Memphis pick it's one to six protected in twenty twenty, which means they're probably going to be bad again. So they're going to keep that pick. And then unprotected in 2021, huge asset because there's a very good chance Memphis is not going to be good by 2021, and that could be a top pick. So it's unlikely to convey the next this year or next year, but very likely to well, it is going to convey in three years when the Memphis is still terrible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and they're going to so be that's real. That's a huge asset. Yeah, so I mean that's where they win out because you have two mid to mid lottery picks mid to late lottery picks or like, you know, just outside the lottery picks uh, and a potential like top five pick down the line, which where's the Lakers? How can they offer that? Their pick will be same thing, you know, subsequent years of mid, like mid teens to early twenties. That's it. Yeah. So it's like, that's why, that's why people think the Boston's offer is much more significant because you can offer stuff like that. Like those are huge. Yeah, it's not just talent alone, yeah, right? It's, not it's, just it's talent. gonna like their assets for picks and stuff is gonna be just uh, much more. And even they can include their own another second or another first two years from now if they want to. You know, they don't have much loss, so it's all just other people's picks. That's why I like Celtics package a little bit better. But you know, it is both offers are going to be there. Like the Lakers offer is going to be there in the summer. Pelicans know that. So why rush to make the trade? Make sure you get Boston's offer first. If they don't want to include Tatum, then you can at least go to Lakers and say, hey, look, you want them right now? Then you can give us that old deal. Yeah, and the Lakers will do it as long as AD doesn't get hurt, exactly. which, <laughs> which, which is crazy. You can't waste another year of LeBron, right? Yeah. So why would you not do it? They have no choice but to do it. Yeah. They just got to keep their fingers crossed that, A, Boston doesn't include Tatum in the deal, and B, AD doesn't get hurt because the Pelicans are forced to play AD right now, which is which is the most bizarre thing in the world to me. Um, 
you know, it, it benefits nobody that they that they're forced to play a guy that and doesn't want to be. Food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The fans don't even want to see him. I mean, yeah, like, why why even bother? Let let Jaleel Okafor develop into you know the number two pick that he was a couple ja years ago. Okafor. Yeah, you are dropped... all in on the Okafor. Fuck yeah, man! Twenty five. He had like twenty five and ten two games straight. Uh, I haven't really followed since then, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Jaleel Okafor, the corpse of Jaleel Okafor. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we move on from the the Lakers topic, what's your prediction this summer? What do you, what do you what's your gut tell you? Uh, I think he's gonna go to the Lakers. Yeah, me too. I don't think I don't think Celtics are gonna include Tatum. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on to the Eastern Conference because they have a lot more interesting trades that does instantly catapult some of them into contenders. Uh, at the Western Conference, the only other teams worth discussing would be the Dallas Mavericks, who got Porzingis, uh, and also the Kings, who got Harrison Barnes. But that doesn't really affect the Warriors in the sense that, you know, how, how things are going to play out the rest of the year. That That's kind of more down the line, and we don't really have time to talk about that today. So let's talk the Eastern Conference. Um, a lot of interesting trades there. The biggest one I would say is actually the 76ers. Um, they made several moves ahead of the deadline. They acquired Tobias Harris uh, along with Mike Scott in that, uh, and Boban too, right? Boban was part of that Clippers trade. Uh, they acquired James Ennis from the Houston Rockets and also got Jonathan Simmons uh, for dumping uh, <laughs> Mark Hell, the UW favorite Mark Hell Fultz. Um, so let's start there. I mean, their starting five has become probably the scariest starting five in the league next to ours. Um, ben Simmons, JJ Redick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. Uh, bench is a little bit thin. Uh, Jonathan Simmons, they have TJ McConnell, who's a you know, a decent player, uh, and also Mike Scott, who I think once upon a time was pretty good on the Hawks. What do you think about that team? Are they an instant contender? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like I think every team in the East, at least outside of Boston, the, the four contending teams in the East all got better. So I don't know if this really pushes Philly above any of them. You know, they all made um, improvements to the roster. So, I can't say that this is going to be the one that kind of pushes them over the top. But yeah, I mean, it does. You know, the only thing is, is, is the uh, is the depth, like what you're seeing. This starting five is, 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 you know, top three in the NBA. But you know, what else are you really have? Boban um, is going to be a guy off the bench. TJ, you know, Jonathan Simmons, and then Mike Scott, and then James Ennis. Like you know, yeah, that's not old, bad, not terrible. But you know, how many of those guys do you trust in, in the playoffs? Like Boban, you can't really play more than, you know, stretches in the playoffs, you know? I mean, do you really trust Mike Scott in the playoffs? Yeah. Okay. Ennis? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, who are you really getting? Like Jonathan Simmons, maybe? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Jonathan Simmons, I, you know, after his good good years with the Spurs, he's, he played like shit on Orlando. Like, his numbers were like... Something like 28% from three, you know, 34% uh, overall. Like, his shooting numbers were really bad. And granted, you know, he was playing with the Orlando Magic. But, you know, it's not like they're terrible. They they did have an all-star this year. So, um, you know, I, I would – a lot of people are high on Jonathan Simmons. I, I think he might have peaked in his years uh, in San Antonio. And I don't know how much value he's going to have for this uh, 76ers team. I, I will say, though, I mean, the fact that they were able to land Marco Bellinelli and Ilosova, uh, and Ersan Ilosova last year in the buyout market shows that, um, you know, they, they do have some pull in the buyout market. I mean, I, I don't I don't know why people would want to go there, like, especially last year when they weren't exactly, you know, sure winners. I mean, this year you got a really good starting five. So I could definitely see some buyout, buyout players like you know robin lopez or uh guys like jeremy lynn or Dwayne deadman people but who you are gotta remember of... like and we just noticed this too with um you know two buyout guys that ended up going to going to non-contenders wayne ellington to detroit and wes matthews to indiana you know these guys what they're looking for is especially guys who are not like 33 and older you know uh 34 
and older, like they're looking for playing time because they're playing for a new contract. So, you know, they're not really in the place in their careers where they want to sit and just collect a ring. So, you know, and it, the, the two recent moves showed that. And that's what was crazy about Marco and, or sorry, Silva last year, because Philly was able, they had lack of depth and they were able to give them playing time. Both of them had significant playing time in the playoffs. So, um, huge. And that's what a lot of these guys are looking for. Cause it's like, if you're going to come to the Warriors and stuff as a backup wing, like Wes Matthews, like, you know, how much time are you getting versus a team that, you know, doesn't have Oladipo for the rest of the season. And right. He's going to let him start at shooting guard. Mm-hmm. Does he care about a ring right now in his career? No. He yeah, just wants to play enough. for his next contract. Yeah. So yeah. why would he come to the Warriors and play 15 minutes, minutes a game when yeah. he can play 30 and showcase his skills on the Pacers, right? Yeah, that, that's a good point. And, yeah, I guess with the Sixers, you know, they, they have depth problems, but – you know, they, it's not not to the point where the guys they pick up in the buyout market are going to be playing crunch time minutes like Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Ilasova are. So yeah, really the buyout guys they'll pick up are ring chasing like thirty six year old veterans like Joe Johnson or you know Danny Granger or Monte yeah. Ellis. <laughs> Danny Granger, but yeah, I mean, I think overall um, Sixers got better, but yeah. I actually really like. The Bucks move to get Meritage. I think yeah. that was a huge move for them. Yeah, who'd they give up? It was um, it was a, a series of moves, right? Because first they got they got rid of Thon Maker to get Stanley Johnson. Yep. And or Thon McCor gets uh, goes to Detroit, and then Milwaukee gets Meritage, and then the Pelicans get Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, uh, and then four second round draft picks. Oh, okay. So it was a three-way trade it's all a three-way at once. Trade. Yeah. Okay, because originally the way it was reported was two separate um, trades, but it yeah, was actually yeah. Yeah, it's gotcha. one overall trade. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I mean not that. And that that's makes how sense. they skirted around the ability to like because Stanley Johnson, if he got traded to Milwaukee, he can't get traded again. Oh, right. That yeah, so then they got around that rule by doing just a three-way trade because they agreed to separate things and then they combined it into one trade, basically. Mm-hmm. But by the way, I didn't know Jason Smith was still playing. That's that yeah, white guy. He's that, he's that tall white guy, right? That used to be like a, a 76er, I think, and maybe Atlanta Hawk. Yeah. Did, did you just say Jason Smith is a tall white guy? Dude, look at that name. <laughs> What the fuck do you think? What do you think he is? Like a six foot black point guard? Like <laughs> Jason Smith, dude. This guy is the whitest name ever, dude. He's a white guy. Oh, right? you're right. Even you're if you right. don't remember, you can look at him. Oh yeah, that's a white guy. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, come on, dude. <laughs> uh, we, we should play that game sometime. Just I'll, I'll name a random NBA player name, <laughs> and then like you tell me if he's white, black, or Asian. <laughs> I mean, dude, even like a guy like Thon McCord, like you can't really tell from the name. Like Thon, like that's some looks like some Euro name, like you know. Yeah. Well, you, you know what was funny was um, there were two guys recently that whose names I'd heard a lot that I, I just assumed that they were black guys who turned out to be white. Um, Mo Wagner. Yeah, Mo Wagner. He's a white guy, and sure. then uh, the Kevin uh, Hoarder. Hoarder. Hoarder on the Hawks, right? For some reason, I thought he was a black guy, too. But I saw, saw him play, and I was like, oh, who's that dude, pasty that white guy? really white, yeah. He's like yeah. a redhead, dude. Yeah. <laughs> his head, like, blends in with his jersey. It's pretty yeah. weird. <laughs> hey, he's a uh, shooter, dude. Yeah, oh, he's great. He's, yeah. he's the Atlanta Hawks' Clay Thompson. Yeah, he's the, yeah. He's the you know, the uh, poor man's Clay. Yeah, yeah, the Hawks... <laughs> Hawks are just poor man's warriors everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> uh, we digressed. Uh, the Bucks basically they, they after the series of trades they get uh, they yeah. get Mirtich, which is who is a great stretch five, um, stretch four actually stretch four yeah, stretch I mean, five. You can play him in small ball five, you know. Like yeah. they, you can try to get away with that, you know, depending on who's on the floor, you know. Yeah. It's like, He's a lot more mobile than Brooke Lopez, right? Yeah. Which which uh, gives them just that added flexibility in their lineups. I but, mean, he's still like a defensive liability, but not exactly like you know. He's, um, yeah, he's not as bad as Brooke Lopez. But the other Brooke. thing too is you get another, you know, four slash five who can shoot and bomb threes. 
Like, yeah. that's what the Bucks want. And Thom yeah. McCord just wasn't playing, so you might as well turn him into somebody who can actually do something. So that's huge for their depth and just for any for lineup flexibility because anytime Brooke goes out, you know, you can play Meritage at the four or the five, and then you still have, you know, the ability to spread the four, like four out around Giannis. Like, it's yeah. huge. Yeah, and really that, that, that team just revolves around – Playing good defense and spacing around Giannis because Giannis is just a fucking animal. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and an animal who can't shoot for for whatever reason. Dude, but... last night or last night he rested. He had a rest day because he like, has knee soreness. Dude, the Bucks put up like eighty points or something. It's, like, it's just <laughs> embarrassing. It, once yeah. that once Giannis is out, the gravity is completely gone. Everyone's mm. just like garbage. <laughs> yeah. You know what was crazy? He was like Chris Middleton kind of came out of nowhere, right? But he's an NBA All-Star, which is pretty nuts. So that that team has a lot of talent. You know, Bledsoe, who, you know, isn't isn't great, but he's, he's still pretty good. Um, Malk Brogdon, who, you know, didn't have a great second year following, you know, his yeah, winning Richard Deere. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And he, he's good. So I don't know. They're, they're definitely a fun team to watch. Um, I, I, I think they match up well with uh toronto who i want to talk about next i mean toronto you know they they have Kawhi, who you know we all know i mean a healthy Kawhi is good for 25 a game 25 eight and like six a game uh all while playing awesome defense i think Giannis kind of offsets that they also picked up marcus Saul, who you know we're not really sure what kind of player he's going to be because he started the year out awesome, but then got hurt, came back yeah, and came back wasn't really the same. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we know he's, he's a great triple double threat. Uh, he's also a very, very good defender as well. Um, he, he's probably a better center than, you know, wh- whoever the bucks can throw out. You know, Kyle Lowry actually was an all-star again, which I was a little surprised about because his numbers are like 14 and nine or something. He's, but I guess the East East isn't that great. Yeah, um, talent is pretty shallow. Yeah, yeah. But did did Toronto pick up anybody else though? I can't. Um, I don't think so. So yeah, I think it's just those guys. Um, nobody else. Yeah, but, and they still I mean, have it's a good pickup. Very good pickup. You know, and it's a direct response to Joel Embiid. You know, being able to defend uh, a huge guy like Joel. Because, like, nobody else really has that except the Raptors right now. And JV, I mean, he's good, but, I mean, Gasol's just better than him. And CJ Miles has been – I don't even think he's playing anymore. He fell so far rotation like he wasn't even playing. You know, I'm surprised that they didn't have to trade uh, any of their – like, the young guys, like Van Fleet, OG uh, – I can't even say his name. Onanobi or Shackham. Like, they're all really good young guys, and it's surprising. I mean, you know, Gasol almost was a – could have been a liability for the Grizzlies, right? If he picked up his player option That's in that last year, yeah. right? So they, who who did they take back other than? I mean, Valanciunas is a good player, so at least you get something. Out of, who? Who? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but Delon Wright was also a restricted free agent, and I think Toronto didn't want to pay him, so it was like, yeah, like we're not, we don't want to keep. But yeah, again, great move, right? You gave up three guys that were like. Um, no like picks. JV's maybe replacement level, above replacement level. Like DeLon Wright is a non-issue. CJ Miles not even playing. And yeah. a second-round pick for Marcus Hall. That's crazy. That's a great yeah. deal. Masai Ujiri, what a great move. So all things considered, uh, who's your who's your top Eastern Conference team? And who, as a Warriors fan, are you most scared of? I don't know who, if any team is really head and shoulders above, you know, the, the four West. main teams in the East. You know? Because... Yeah. I think, you know, when they get to the, depending on seeding and everything, but when they get to the Eastern Conference semis, oh my God. Yeah, bloodbath. It is going to be a freaking bloodbath, dude. Well, well you, you got to remember, one of those teams won't be there because the Washington Wizards. Oh, they'll are... take them out, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the Wizards. Upset are... Central <laughs> with Brad Beal. And Bobby and Portis. Bobby Portis. Bobby Crazy Eyes Portis. And uh, who else? Uh, the... Tom oh, Jabari. Smith. Oh, oh yeah, Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who I'm not afraid of is the Boston Celtics. I I, I think there's so many problems with that team. Um, 
you know, par- part of it stems from Gordon Hayward still kind of working his way back. He, you know, he was a huge liability against uh, against the Warriors in that Saturday game a couple weeks ago. He was like 0, or, 0 of 5, like torched on defense, had a yeah. couple turnovers. He, he just Mobility does not. just isn't there on defense. Like, yeah. He doesn't move like he used to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not really scared of any of the teams in the East, to be honest. Like, really? I, mean, I think they're good. Yeah, I think they're good. I think Philly from a matchup perspective, would be the one that would give us the most trouble. I, think. Uh, I, I am yeah. terrified of Philly. Yeah, and I, that's what I, I mean. Like, if I were to be scared of one team it would, yeah. in the East, it would be Philly. Like, yeah. But yeah. I don't. But that's the thing, is that they have depth issues, and is that going to be a concern in the playoffs? Like, our guys, you know, and the Raptors have Gasol, who can match up to Embiid now. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's so crazy, because it's like, how is it going to play out in the East, right? There's four teams that are all really good. Not one team is, like, significantly better than the other. And then it's all just going to be based on matchups. And then it's just going to be crazy, dude. Somebody has to lose. And those four teams, like, it just, like, it's the first time I'm, like, really excited to see the, the Eastern East, Conference. Like, yeah. Playoffs. Yeah. It, yeah. It's East semis. It used yeah. to just be... Oh, those are the NBA TV games. We'll just not watch those. <laughs> yeah, you know. But now it's just yeah. like I actually want to watch. It's like don't put those games on NBA TV. Yeah, put whoever the Utah Jazz are playing on the NBA TV slate. Yeah, I'm trying to like we gotta figure out. Who, yeah, who else is gonna who's gonna be an NBA TV oh, team? Oh, I'm, like, I'm it's sure. Be like, jazz, Jazz spurred. versus Blazers in round one. It, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> every or, one of those games on NBA yeah, TV. Yeah, whoever like, the Spurs play, it's like yeah. Even <laughs> if, even if it's on a Saturday Sunday, it's like yeah. That, no, I mean even if we got a time slot for them. Let's just uh, let's just play face off. <laughs> 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 or whatever network TV movies, awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I I like Philly coming out of the East, and I think Philly, you know, they they do have enough time to to uh, work Tobias Harrison. I know Jimmy Butler is still kind of a kind of a problem for that team, but you know, it, once he understands that they have a real shot at winning the finals, I think he'll he'll fall into line. Buy in, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, you know, contract issues aside, I think they'll get it together. Um, I I want to kind of transition the discussion about the Sixers into uh, where the Warriors are now. You know, we, we've had a couple of uh, games of Boogie. I think Boogie's played 10 games now. The Warriors are 9-1. and one. Uh, The one loss coming against the Philadelphia 76ers Six years, yeah. where Boogie looked terrible against, against him. him. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like, well, Steph also had a was it Steph or somebody? There was the rest of the team or somebody like didn't. Yeah, have well, Clay was out. Oh, Clay, Clay was, was out. out. Okay, yeah, right. yeah, which I think impacts the sum. But I mean, just even looking at the one-on-one matchups, like there was no way that Boogie was staying in front of Joel Embiid, and there was no way that Boogie was going to back down Embiid. So Boogie was basically useless, and Boogie was trying way too hard in that game, like take, taking certain things personally, and, and that's what really scares me, like. If we roll into the NBA Finals, not even the NBA Finals, if, if we go into the NBA playoffs where Boogie has to match up with somebody uh, for seven games, you know, he, he can easily get frustrated and, you know, one or two technical fouls here or there, like, that, that that's two free throws for the but other like, team. That's, that's the crazy part, right? Think about, like, where we were the first half of the season. No Boogie cousin. Like, the team doesn't need... Boogie, like, we're still very good. Like, if you have to play Loon um, or a certain combination of him and Jarebko, Jarebko was good for us early, you know? And, I mean, it's just, like, it's still going to be, we're still going to be really good. It's just Boogie just is able to bring us to another level, you know? But if Boogie got ejected or whatever, that's not the end of the world. I mean, you still have mm-hmm. Loon, you still have... Well- it's it's not just an ejection thing. I I think it's a minus thing. I mean, he get, he gets killed by legitimate centers. Um, DeAndre Ayton, who you know, I I watched him play live, and he he's so timid. Like even DeAndre Ayton was was able to light up Boogie Cousins. I mean that that first quarter against the Suns, like Boogie was garbage. Like I I, yeah. I think Boogie was actually like a minus fifteen for that game. Boogie I mean, was defensively not. Defensively, it's just like. 
Yeah. And, and, and luckily, the centers of the Western Conference really don't, like, there aren't that many good ones that are going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, like Jokic, for sure. Um, I'm curious how Boogie would go up, match up with Nurkic. Um, Gobert, I, I don't really, I, I think Boogie can back down Gobert pretty, not, I don't want to say easily, but um, he can move Gobert enough that he could post him up. Uh, you know, the, the Spurs, the, that that wouldn't be really much of a challenge. The the Kings, if we end up playing them, I don't think would be much of an issue. Uh, Lakers, who do they, like Tyson Chandler is too old. So yeah, I guess there really aren't that many centers out West that would that would concern me. Uh, really, the only one that that worries me would be would be uh, Jokic. I'm not. I'd like the biggest concern would be, you know, like you said, defensively with uh, with him. But I I like that we have Loon. I like that we have Jurabko that we can go to. You know, so you don't really have to worry about uh, any of that stuff. Like it's just like if we need to pull Boogie because he's such garbage, then we can. You know? Yeah, and he'll be on a shorter leash. That's the thing, right? Like against the Suns, it's. It, it was a it was a random February game against the Suns. It really didn't matter, but I, I think come playoffs, Kerr Kerr hopefully will 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 know better, and Boogie hopefully will know better too. Anyway, um, let's wrap this up by talking about buyout market candidates. Um, Warriors, you know, we're in a good spot right now. Our, our depth isn't isn't as much of a question now that we got Boogie back, but there, you know, we could still pick up some pieces and, you know, you and I have talked a little bit about Robin Lopez. It seems like he's still kind of held hostage by the bulls though. Yeah. I mean, both sides got to agree to it. Right. So, um, if bulls decide they don't want to buy him out, then he's, you know, just to help out a contender, like they can decide they don't want to do that. You know? So it's, uh, it's tough. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Lo- Rolo would be a big one. Uh, for us, but I mean, dude, two key guys that everyone was targeting, all the contenders are targeting, they're already signed to, you know, other teams. Like, the Ellington one is crazy. Detroit is a fringe playoff team, but again, he's going to get minutes, so he just went there, you know. And even if, like, Jeremy Lin gets bought out, you know, you and I would love to see him back in a Warrior I would uniform. Do, yeah, but... Jer- buy out Jeremy, like, he can take Quinn's minutes. You know? Yeah, but he's he's young enough that he could maybe get one more contract. You know, Jeremy is only thirty one or thirty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he 30. can, he should like, he should be playing for that last like three year twenty four million year contract. Yeah, 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 twenty four million dollar. Like, he, you know, he's been averaging maybe fifteen minutes a game for the Atlanta Hawks, and that's that's whittled down over the years. Uh, over the season, which I wasn't happy about because I only saw him play for like 13 minutes. Uh, I saw him in Phoenix, um, but Wait, obviously, can't you see somebody signing Jeremy to the mid level? Yeah, like, in the off season, like three yeah. year, like you said, 25 million or something yeah, for the mid level. That, yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. Like, so yeah. I, I don't know. Even if he got bought out, I don't think he would come to the Warriors because. You know, he like Quinn at best gets like five meaningful minutes a game, and that's but yeah. I mean, you never know, dude. Like just being able to come back for a year, um, and then what if uh, what if his uh, you know Taiwanese mom demanded that he come home? <laughs> like, what is he gonna be like? You know, not listen to his mother? Like he's gonna he's gonna do it. He's, he's and, uh, she's anti Denisa. Yeah, or Denise. <laughs> You gotta just—that's it, man. Yeah, he's gotta exercise uh, filial piety. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like, whatever that means. It's a, like the just dur- the old Confucian uh, <laughs> sayings. All right, come on. He's gotta follow that. You know. What if what, uh, what, what if his, what, what if his mom takes his allowance away? Oh, right? you're right. You're right. What yeah. if, what if his mom takes away the rights to driving the minivan around Palo yeah, Alto? Exactly, dude. He, he really <laughs> wants to drive that. Honda, the, that Toyota Sienna, right? Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, if he was a real baller, he'd be driving a Mazda MPV. Oh, yeah. hey. The big baller brand started with us, <laughs> driving, driving the Mazda MPV. The BBB of cars. <laughs> All right, so if we can't get Jeremy, uh, who do you think is a reasonable buyout candidate that's still out there? Um, Dwayne Deadman's name has come yeah, up. Yeah, Deadman's good. Stretch uh, but by. again, these are all same things. Like Hawks even like came out. And they're just like, we're not sure if we're going to buy these guys out yet. I mean, March 1st yeah. is the deadline. Yeah. Uh, so there's still a couple of weeks left for these guys. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't know who's going to come up 
right now. But I mean, these are all guys, just anybody who's on an expiring contract who's not getting playing time, you know, <laughs> is a buyout yeah. candidate. Basically, yeah. yeah. Chandler Parsons, yeah. maybe. I think he's, he's no, he has name. one more year. Oh, really? God. <laughs> like, his contract is like, you hear about it every year and you're like, man, is it. Is that thing over yet? It's like that Allen Houston contract that was signed yeah. for like twelve years. Like, like I'm sure well, if we look at the books. Like... It was bad because he got stretched, so his salary uh, yeah. got oh, split yeah. up between like hella years. That's why yeah. it was like, but dude, it was on the books for like forever. Like, you know? I, yeah, I remember always just seeing like whenever we talked yeah. about the Knicks numbers, like like Allen Houston hasn't played an NBA game in like <laughs> yeah. ten years. Like what? Who's still paying him? But I guess there's always things like that when people get stretched. So like I'm sure the Warriors are still paying like a Donald Foyle or something from. Uh, well, we were. You know who we were paying up until last year was Jason Thompson. Yeah. Really? <laughs> you yeah, mean Jason Derulo? Yeah, Jason <laughs> Derulo. No, we we stretched him for three yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So that then was it was nuts. like we had we paid him from like first championship year until like last year. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, what that's the crazy. God, yeah. it's crazy how yeah. these contracts work. Parsons, one more year at 20, uh, $25 million next year. Oh, my God. What, would you take on, like, uh, like Vince Carter? He might get bought out. I mean, no. I mean, maybe he likes where he's at. Who knows? I mean, he doesn't – you know, he gets to hang Vince out with – could have signed with anybody. He signed on the Hawks for a reason. Yeah. He yeah. wanted to play, you know? Yeah, that's so random. Um, he, he barely plays uh, – but yeah, like there's there's really no names on the buyout market that I am like legitimately excited about, and maybe because I know we're in a good place. But I see us, and this is not based on you know the names that are out there. But I don't think we're really in need of a center right now. I think if anything, another like another two or three, like a, a wing player would still be better, which is why Damian Lee is still interesting to me. Um, you know, he's on the, he's on the two way contract or, or, or is it something else there's another contract that he signed? I forget what it was, but, um, and also Alfonso McKinney. Uh, yeah, no, well, uh, no, 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 yeah. no, not, not Alfonso. Uh, Marcus Derrickson. Oh, Marcus he's Derrickson. Another, correct, yeah. yeah. He's another guy that we really haven't seen a whole lot of, but we're holding on to these guys for a reason. Um, so I, I'm curious to see how these two guys play out over the next couple months. And, you know, come March, we really might not need uh, anybody from the bio market. We really could just rely on these guys. Um, oh, man. So I was wrong. This is the last year we're paying Jason Thompson, so we're still paying him. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy, dude. Absolutely nuts, Oh, my dude. God. The ghost Seven, 16, 17, 17, 18, and 18, 19. Were the oh. three years of the stretch? Oh, oh my god, that's fucking hilarious! All right, man. Well, actually, the Warriors are playing the Heat as we speak. So, for those of you listeners out there, we uh, we if anything major happens in this game, like a season-ending injury to Steph Curry, well, dude, uh, what James do you Simon. do? With you? You fucking <laughs> goddamn, dude! You just need to like shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> It's my podcast. I do what I want. Okay? Yeah, you're just gonna make sure. Hey, hey, hopefully the whole team doesn't get injured. All right. Yeah. So, I want to see more Quinn Cook and Jordan Bell. Yeah. Dude, that Jordan Bell 15 foot jumper in in garbage time. Yep. Yep. Wet. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, James, it's been fun. I'll talk to you uh, probably later later this month or something. All right, brother. See ya. Ha, ha. It's a great time to have a ball. It's a great-